Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Tribulation, Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, part two. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Our episode last week, Tribulation, Counted All Joy When You Meet With Trials of Various Kinds, Part 1, was posted on August 27. Last week we learned what Barnes' New Testament notes told us. Regard it as a thing to rejoice in a matter which should afford you happiness. You are not to consider it as a punishment, a curse, or a calamity, but as a fit subject of felicitation. The reason we should be able to rejoice in our hard times, trials, is because we are not to consider it as a punishment, a curse, or a calamity. We are told in the Bible to rejoice in what we perceive as times of trial, even times of tribulation. In that regard, Mr. Barnes opens strongly with regarded as a thing to rejoice in. This is in direct comment to how we should view and react to trials. Mr. Barnes also told us trials differ from temptations, properly so called, in that they are not brought before the mind for the express purpose of inducing men and women to sin. God never tempts mankind. Temptation is caused by the devil. Notice James chapter 1 verses 13 through 14. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. This means all of us as the word man is for mankind, men and women. If we understand that trials and tribulations are allowed in our lives for our betterment, then rejoicing in our trials, tribulations, is suddenly much easier for us to do. For this purpose, God allows the trials and tribulations in our lives that will produce the end result we are to grow into. The devil tempts us by appealing to our more base sensations. So, if we understand this, we can better see that trials and tribulations are not to be considered as a punishment. When we fall into such trials, calamities, we are to 
consider it nothing but joy when we fall into all sorts of trials. William Burkett told us just what the outcome of being tested by trials and tribulations is. The result is, because of their good effects and sweet fruits in proving our faith and increasing our... To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, Tribulation. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, part one. This week, our study is titled, Tribulation. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, part two. First, our verse passage reads, My brothers and sisters, consider it nothing but joy when you fall into all sorts of trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect effect, so that you will be perfect and complete, not deficient in anything. From James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Last week, we only looked at the first half of the first sentence, starting in James chapter 1, verse 2. The sentence ends in verse 3, which reads, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Is this something that modern Christians today not only know, but properly understand? Now, we can also read that in another Bible translation this way. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. From the American King James Version. Because you have the knowledge that the testing of your faith gives you the power of going on in hope. From the Bible in Basic English. You know this, that when you prove you believe, you become stronger to take troubles from the bible in worldwide english i think the quick gist of these verse variations tells us that the proving of our faith through the implementation of trials makes us stronger to take on future troubles that most assuredly will come our way let us dig deeper and see how this proves out further Patience is one of the fruits of such a trial, and the grace of patience is worth the trial which it may cost to procure it. This is one of the passages which show that James was acquainted with the writings of Paul. See the introduction to James chapter 5 in verse 1. The sentiment expressed here is found in Romans chapter 5 verse 3. Paul has carried the sentiment out further and shows that tribulation produces other effects than patience. The grace of patience is worth the trial which it may cost to procure it, supposing that every Christian grace is implied in this. 
from Barnes' New Testament Notes. Notice how Mr. Barnes opens this commentary passage. Patience is one of the fruits of such a trial. Therein is the reasoning for us to experience trials. The fruit of the trial is one's patience. Our patience is found in our testing to prove it, to prove that it is as we believe it is or that it still needs work. Now, notice what makes this struggle worth it. The grace of patience is worth the trial which it may cost to procure it. The way this happiness is said by James and Paul. Quoting the context, notice that Paul says in the verses related in our commentary passage, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of God's glory. Not only this, but we also rejoice in sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance character, and character hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. From Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Further, the trying of your faith, trials put religion and all the graces of which it is composed to proof. The man that stands in such trials gives proof that his religion is sound and the evidence afforded to his own mind induces him to take courage, bear patiently, and persevere. From Adam Clark's Commentary and Critical Notes on the Bible. Mr. Clark tells us there is good reasoning for trials. He says, Trials put religion and all the graces of which it is composed to proof. How we come through our trials shows two things in this modern world we all live in. One, the Christian that is brand new to faith has not yet had enough time to learn the lessons produced by trials. Two, the older, more experienced Christian is proving that they are who they say they are, or maybe not. Many people today call themselves Christian or a believer in God. Yet, when a trial of any degree of testing comes upon them, they fall apart like old dried-out bread. They crumble and become like chaff on the wind. Knowing this, by experience, as everyone that is trained up in the school of affliction does, 
the apostle appeals to the saints to whom he writes for the truth of what he was about to say and which he gives as a reason why they should rejoice in afflictions because it is a known fact that the trying of your faith works patience. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. As you can see, simply put, one must weather a few trials before we have a good understanding of why they are not a bad thing in our life. We also need a good understanding of how they are meant to teach us something. The question here is, if we do not get the full understanding the first time, do we have to suffer the same trial or another like it until we really understand, until we get it right? At the very least, it is possible and just may happen to us. Two things afflictions do when sanctified. One is, they try faith, the truth of it, and make it appear to be true, genuine, and precious, like gold tried in the fire. See First Peter chapter 1, verses 6-7. And the other is that they produce patience. Saints being inured to afflictions become by degrees more patient under them. When it is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth, this phrase may be understood both of faith, which is being tried by afflictions, produces patience, for where the one is in exercise, the other is also, and both are necessary under afflictive providences and also of afflictions, which try faith, and being sanctified by the Spirit of God, work patience, which is a fruit of the Spirit, for otherwise the effect of them is impatience, and this agrees with the Apostle Paul. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. To the modern mind, that could sound a bit confusing, especially that word pronounced inured. Not innards, as internal body parts, but inured. Inured means to apply in use, to train, to discipline, to use or accustomed till use gives little or no pain or inconvenience, to harden, to habitate, to practice habitually. So, John Gill's commentary portion may be read this way. Saints being trained, disciplined, to use or accustomed till use gives little or no pain or inconvenience to harden, to practice habitually, till by afflictions we become by degrees more patient under them. This further proves that trials or afflictions are for our building into something much better in our faith than we presently are not. The problem is 
the fact that this is not easy for any of us. It does not happen overnight as we might prefer it to, nor does it permanently end. It is a work. We are a work in progress. For some of you, the news is that will be a work in progress until we die or are taken home in the so-called rapture. While seemingly inconvenient, even without a point, because no pinnacle is reached in this life in human eyes. The whole point is for our proving ourselves for the next life in heaven, regardless of how we get there, by death or by rapture. Now, because there are people at all different levels in accomplishment in this regard, we need to learn another thing. The call of James to count it all joy when you fall into trials connects wonderfully to the wish of the previous verse. By addressing his readers with my brethren after the general salutation of that verse, he makes them feel how much he is related to them. It emphasizes again that he doesn't address them as a leader, but as a fellow brother. From King Comment's Commentary on the Whole Bible. Now, how James acts with his brethren. He doesn't address them as a leader, but as a fellow brother. In many situations of my personal witness, as well as associations with brothers and sisters in Christ, I have seen people badly abused. Supposedly, fellow Christian brothers and sisters using their high knowledge and understanding to support their elevated thinking and reacting with others. Yet, our example here is how James interacted with people and brethren. Quote, he doesn't address them as a leader, but as a fellow brother. Quote, end quote. If we ever want to see a body of believers that are functioning in the works and wonders of God as we should, we first need to get this and clean up our own house. Without any other introduction, James speaks directly about various trials. He suddenly places you in the world and what you can possibly go through there. In the world, the genuineness of your confession is tested by temptations and trials. The company that James is addressing this letter to is particularly tested by poverty. That may also be the case concerning yourself. But these trials can also be sickness, invalidity, 
unemployment, or the passing away of a beloved person. Those are all trials that the Lord allows in the path of the believers in order to see in whom they put their trust. James, therefore, starts with the test of genuineness of the faith, as is already said in the introduction. The point for him is the practice of their life of faith. You may say that the world with its trials is the testing room of the faith. James tells his brothers to welcome the trials and temptations to which they are exposed with a feeling of joy. That seems like an impossible order, doesn't it? It even seems to be in contradiction to what Peter says in his first letter. Peter actually says that trials cause sadness. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. And that's much easier to understand. Still, it only is an apparent and not a real contradiction. From King Comment's Commentary on the Whole Bible. Remember, temptations are from the devil. We do not resist them in the fullest sense by fighting them, so we become distracted from our faith. However, we do resist them as they are the first step in a falling away. A simple example is, if I am fasting, I may well be tempted to eat food if someone else brings food into my presence and they eat in front of me. They may even offer me some food which, if I am fasting, I have to refuse. This is an innocuous temptation. The only harm would be to my fasting commitment of which I end up having sad feelings about my inability to stay on a fast. If I allow the devil to persist, he can take me further down and away from my faith. That all started with a simple temptation from a friend or family member being polite and offering me some food. That is how simple and unassuming temptation is in this life. Notice, what is happening to the people James is addressing? The company that James is addressing this letter to is particularly tested by poverty. These are obviously poor people to any degree of poverty. In that, James is telling them, these poor people, to rejoice. There is nothing more difficult than the issue or issues we are going through right now if they are having a negative impact on us. James and Peter approach temptations or trials from two different points of view. When you are going through a trial, it makes you sad. You do not undergo a trial stoically and unstirred. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11. Nevertheless, 
you may remind yourself that each trial is a matter that God has planned in your life. He is dealing with you. From King Comment's Commentary on the Whole Bible. Notice our reference verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. It reads, Now all discipline seems painful at the time, not joyful, but later it produces the fruit of peace and righteousness for those trained by it. So, it is true that their good effects and sweet fruits improving our faith and increasing our patience. This is the end result. It does not happen in the trial itself until we learn what God is teaching us in our trials. When we are tempted, the full proof of what we know and have learned from our trials is put to the test. We either stand or fall as an end result to temptations. We successfully resist until the devil flees from us, or we succumb to the temptation. Fortunately, as our Bibles tell us, we only need in these situations is to ask for forgiveness and it is done and failure is no longer an issue except for the training we received from it. The important thing for James is the fact of the trial of which the emphasis that it may be different for each person. That's why he speaks by, quote, various, end quote. The intention is that the trial you are going through pushes you up to God. When that indeed happens, it is a result that makes you rejoice. But above all, it is a result that rejoices God. In that way, you are able to experience something that Paul has experienced. From King Comet's Commentary on the Whole Bible. Notice this sentence from King Comet's. The intention is that the trial you are going through pushes you up to God. This is perfectly the reason why we should welcome trials in our life, not because they may be hard or may be saddening, but because they push us up to God. Now, notice what happens as a result. It is a result that makes you rejoice, but above all, it is a result that rejoices God. Next week, our summer series continues. Our episode is titled, Tribulation. Count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, part three. What is this endurance our Bibles are talking about? Barnes New Testament Notes tells us, But let patience have her perfect work. Let it be fairly developed. Let it produce its appropriate effects without being hindered. How does one do that? To find out more, join us next week.
play, or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g. Please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphen or spaces in unchurched. Our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website has more information, links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.